Have you ever considered what makes a great point guard? Some might say a selfless distributor. If you got a little opening, he would put it on the money for you every time. A secure ball handler. When you saw him play, it's like he doesn't turn the ball over. He makes the right passes. A team leader. Andy's the leader. You know, he's running the show out there. A player who is calm under pressure. Something about that pressure, it always seemed to make him better. better. Back outside it comes to Jones. Boy, you won't see much better than this in high school basketball. And an excitement has been building all week long for this state championship game. Welcome back, sports fans, podcast fans. I'm your host, Neil Amato, and this is 123 Wildcats, episode four. This episode focuses on point guard Andy Jones, the guy who may or may not resemble Ringo Starr. Remember those were the words you heard near the end of episode three when Juju Phillips of WHKY Radio said on the state championship broadcast that he thought Jones looked like the Beatles drummer. How long do you think Beatlemania will last? As long as you all keep coming. (laughs) (laughs) You Beatles are great! Oh, man, he's gorgeous! He's got a beautiful nose! He's got a beautiful nose! Ringo! Ringo has a sexy nose! Andy Jones might not resemble Ringo, but I would say he does resemble a ringleader. Andy Jones at East Chapel Hill was not only the point guard critical to the team's success, even if the the stat sheet didn't always show it. He was also in a leadership position as the football team's quarterback and starting free safety. He started at both uh, offense and defense. Football is about being aggressive. And Andy was so reckless, you always worried about him. I'll have to look at some, some football tape of Andy. I don't remember too much. I mean, I remember he was the quarterback, but I didn't know about reckless. Oh, he wasn't afraid of anything. He wasn't running out of bounds if he needed a yard. He was taking people on. There you heard Ray Hartsfield. He's, of course, the Wildcats basketball coach. And he's talking about Andy Jones playing football. In Andy's junior year, the first year the school was open, East Chapel Hill played a JV football schedule. In his senior year, the Wildcats played a varsity schedule. And Andy, the quarterback and free safety, led that team to a berth in the 3A state playoffs. Uh, He was joined on the football team by two guys who will be featured in episode five. Uh, Brad Woolley was a wide receiver. Paul Kindem also played a year of football, his senior year only. He'll be featured in episode five, along with power forward and leading scorer Brian Fitzgerald. Those guys in episode five. This one, episode four, Andy Jones. When you saw him play, it's like, this guy looks like a Division One point guard. Like, his look, his strength, he doesn't turn the ball over, he, he makes the right passes. His passing was amazing. He's a heck of an athlete. So. That voice was Aaron Uhlenberg, a fine point guard in his own right. He would take over the reins from Jones as the next point guard under Ray Hartsfield at East Chapel Hill. Now, those guys that I mentioned as the Episode 5 featured players can honestly say they owe a lot of their success to Andy Jones because he could find them when they were open, maybe in times that they didn't even know they were open. He 
he was really good at kind of seeing how a play would develop, maybe sooner than others. I do think I have a decent vision on the floor. I always felt like I could uh, anticipate things a little bit before they happened. Um, so a lot of like cuts and things like that, I could, you know, I think it's a hard thing sometimes for guys where you see it, but then you're a little too late to react to throw it and then it gets stolen. If those guys got a little bit of daylight against a defender, he would find them for a layup, a dunk, an open jump shot. That was just what he did. He had a really good feel for the game, did Andy Jones. That's intelligent beyond belief, but he has such a huge heart. That natural feel for the game is one of the reasons he was recruited to play college basketball. His college coach, Division II Longwood University, Ron Carr is the name of the coach. Well, I, I had heard uh, that East Chapel Hill had three or four really good players. And the first time I saw them uh, was at UNCG. At, I think they called it the state games. It was kind of a summer tournament of where you played with your high school teams. It wasn't AAU. It, you know, it was probably 30 teams there or so, so it was kind of a, a good thing to see. And uh, I just remember uh, there were games going on three or four courts and a couple different gyms there and I noticed all these coaches were watching this one game and it, the game was really tight. I, I stepped over to watch that and it, it happened to be East Chapel Hill. I, I think more people were watching uh, Fitzgerald than anybody else and he was really having a good game but Andy caught my eye. Coach Carr saying that Andy Jones didn't make a lot of mistakes. He was stronger than he looked. He didn't you know, he didn't possess great, you know, athletic measurables. You know, Andy Jones did not have a, a vertical leap that you were going to remember. Uh, he wasn't uh, going to put up a blazing time in the 40. I guess that's a football stat. But still, he didn't have uh, maybe the, the blazing up and down the court speed to make a UNC comparison. He was not Ty Lawson, but he got the ball to the guys on his team and gave them a lot of success. Uh, that was just what he did. One of those players on the receiving end of many Andy Jones passes was forward Brian Fitzgerald. Andy was the, the floor general. He is a player that was always looking to put his teammates in the best position to, to maximize their effectiveness. What was different about Andy is his uncanny ability to basically find people up court, you know, full length of the court, three quarter length of the court, and would just find you every time. If you got a little opening, he would put it on the money for you. Andy Jones, the point guard, and beat his man to the basket two straight times. Jones runs the team at the point and has been very effective here early as the Tornadoes lead is 15 to 14. Scott Poe was a reserve guard for East Chapel Hill. He was on the bench for that first season, that playoff run that led all the way to the state championship game, March 22nd, 1997, against Hickory High School. Scott may have known Andy or have at least seen Andy play basketball longer than anyone on the East Chapel Hill roster. The way Scott tells it, he feels like he first met Andy Jones in kindergarten. They were in their neighborhood, uh, the Timberline neighborhood, which is off Weaver Dairy Road, really close to East Chapel Hill, but when they were that age, 
East Chapel Hill, of course, was not uh, was not anything but but woods because the school did not open until 1996. Scott remembers seeing Andy play a lot of games. You know, when we played and it was like game point or whatever it was, and all we had to do was tie it, he, he would shoot a three. And it was just, you knew it, it was money. Something about that pressure, it always seemed to make him better. And he will be the first one to tell you that when he describes the final play of East Chapel Hill and Hickory in that state championship, where East Chapel Hill has to go the length of the floor down two points, Scott Poe is adamant that he thought Andy Jones was going to take the shot and not make a pass. Even though passing was what Andy was known for, even though passing was what the play called for, the play broke down. And the last thing that Ray Hartsfield told Andy Jones coming out of the huddle and that last time out in the state championship was make sure we get a shot off. It was not the first shot they wanted. It might not have even been the second or third shot they wanted. But he made sure they got a shot off. And in the words of Scott Poe, he knew Andy wasn't going to miss. In my mind, I didn't think he was going to pass the ball because whenever we played pickup ball, whatever it was, if, if it was the last shot, he took it. And somehow he always hit that shot. So I may be giving away a little too much about episode 10, but that's okay. We can always come back to that and go into it deeper. It didn't matter what Andy, if Andy Jones ever played basketball again at any level of any kind, his legacy was cemented. There is a clip of Andy Jones throwing a pass that goes right by the ear of a Hickory player. Now that pass worked because Andy Jones had looked off the Hickory defender who thought the pass was going to go down the sideline. And he turns his head... And then Andy throws it hard and straight and right past the guy's head to Chris Hobbs for an open layup. On the radio broadcast, the guy doing the play-by-play even says, I believe, whoa, you know, because he saw how the pass kind of threw everyone off and caught everyone by surprise. It was something Andy Jones did regularly. Quickly down to the front court comes Jones. Whoa! Down to the eighth. The layup is going to be good. Backdoor shot to Chris Hobbs. And Hobbs has got four points on the ball game. I have another player who is now a coach in the area and actually was the coach of a new school basketball team in the 2019-2020 season who played against East Chapel Hill in the playoffs. And he remembers a no-look pass from Andy Jones in March of 1997. His name's John Green. And going in, I didn't know a whole lot about East Chapel Hill. You know, back then, you don't have the extensive scouting reports. They didn't have any seniors. So we we were kind of going in confident, thinking we've got a good chance to make a decent little run here and, and got there. And certainly my first impressions of probably two minutes of the game were uh, that they were better than they looked. I think we were bigger than them at most positions, except for probably the center. In Wilson, you, you grow up playing against some really good guys, you know, and then you go to East Chapel Hill and they've got the, I think it might have been like, four white guys that were in the starting lineup and then Hobbs. Uh, so when you, you know, you dredge in a book by its cover, but uh, their point guard 
comes down the floor on the left hand side and I'm back in transition, you know, and I'm thinking I'm going to read him like a book. There's a guy running up the sideline. There's somebody like a post player kind of rim running. Uh, point guard's got the ball, sideline, looks up the floor. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna steal the pass coming up the sideline. And he looks at the guy up the sideline. He comes to throw it. I break. He throws a no-look pass to the guy running straight down to the rim. He catches it and lays it up. So at that point, it was kind of the, okay, these guys can play. I was not expecting anything of that sort. And, and I don't know why that play stood out to me, probably just because, you know, that was the first play that made it kind of like, okay, this is going to be a game. This isn't going to be anything easy like we were possibly expecting. I think guys would probably tell you, like, I didn't, you know, I was never one on the high school team to, like, I didn't really look for my shot all that often. But when we played, like, pick up things like that, like, I was a hard competitor. I think I can see that. I think it's demonstrated in the fact that the story he tells about the first team camp game, or one of the first, the first day of team camp. Remember when I said they played 4A power Morganton Freedom and just got annihilated? It was Andy Jones who was uh, kind of cussing up a storm. He was not happy. Right, and so when it came down to like a a game winner or something like that, like I I didn't shy away from it. I think if you look through his... uh, his Facebook photo feed, you can see he's still competitive. He talks about, you know, old man basketball leagues, and he's got pictures of, you know, softball teams posing uh, with their, you know, index fingers in the air. You know, I guess they uh, they won a local softball title. There's a, a photo of him bowling. I'm sure he takes bowling pretty serious. He just seems like uh, one of those one of those guys who's just still competitive, and he's still in the game of basketball. Andy Jones is an assistant basketball coach at Charlottesville High School, obviously another college town, that one in Virginia. We'll talk about his competitiveness and his uh, ability to succeed. I think even when people would look at him and say, I'm not sure he's going to be you know, as good as he is. And guess what? He was. So that goes back to kind of the, the theme of uh, episode one, which was underestimated. Uh, you could say that, that Andy Jones fit in that category. He was, on a good day, maybe 5'10 in high school. Uh, we've had a conversation uh, over the summer about uh, who was taller, uh, Paul Kindom or Andy, in that Wildcats starting backcourt. And... Uh, that's a tough one. They were just about neck and neck, but I think I will give Andy the nod. He at least had him by a good half inch, at least nine sixteenths. No matter what, he was an accurate passer. He was a leader. He stayed calm under pressure. And he was the guy that East Chapel Hill wanted to have the ball when it mattered. Just really knew the game and really understood, you know, picked up things quickly and I I thought I had tremendous feel for the game. In looking back through one of my uh, clips about the Wildcats, I wrote in uh, late 1997, December 1997, quote, several college coaches sitting courtside at last week's Glaxo Welcome Holiday Invitational watched the Wildcats for a few moments and then asked, who's number 15? Well, number 15 is Andy Jones. 
and Andy Jones could control a game even if he was not scoring. I think my big role was just play defense, be a little scrappy out there, and get the ball to the guys that can score in the right positions. It's funny because I tell a lot of my guys, like, you know, hey, I went and got a scholarship to play basketball. And I'm like, how many points do you think I averaged in high school? And they're like, 15, you know, 16. I'm like, three. I averaged three points in high school. <laughs> so they're always like, what? You got a scholarship? It wasn't that I couldn't score. It wasn't that I couldn't shoot. I couldn't do those things. But it just, I just knew, like, for me, for us to do well, for us to be successful, Coach Hartsfield kind of telling me, like, hey, we got to get the ball to these guys. Like, it's, it's a no-brainer. So we all just kind of fell in line and did it. That's what a, a good point guard, at least in the eyes of Ray Hartsfield, uh, and many other coaches, really. That's what a good point guard does. He sacrifices his stats for the good of others. The other thing about Andy and scoring is, no, he did not take all that many shots. But he was pretty good at making the ones that he absolutely had to. More on that later. How's that for a tease? You know, one other thing that I read in in the article I I focused uh, on Jones is one of the opposing coaches pretty much knew how important Andy was. Mike Rotolo, who you'll hear in episode five, singing the praises of Brian Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, I mean, God, I, I love Fitz. Mike Rotolo in 1997 said in my article, when we had success against East Chapel Hill, Andy was in foul trouble. And then he said, they can't play well without him. They've got to have him. And Mike Rotolo was right. Andy Jones ran the show for East Chapel Hill. His teammates knew it. His coach knew it. His coach put him in charge of running that offense. Andy's the leader. You know, he's running the show out there. He starts pointing, you start moving. He's going to put you in place. To talk more about point guards and leadership is one of the greatest point guards in college basketball history, NC State's Chris Corciani. I told him some about Andy Jones's game and his ability to control it without having to score. Regardless of size, whether it's five nine or six feet, you know the fact that he was the the quarterback on the football team. I mean, it just shows the leadership abilities, and uh, that's a huge advantage. And you know, you don't have to shoot the ball a lot to be effective, especially the high school game where there was no shot clock. Here's Corciani on that. We did a lot of that in high school, where once we got the lead, you know, we would. We would hold the ball and make the other team come out. And, you know, I was in total control, you know, because that was kind of what, what I was good at. And then once they would come out, we would kind of just go, go through them like Swiss cheese. And people went crazy for years because a lot of games we'd get the lead and they'd sit in the zone and we'd say, nope, we want you to play man to man. Now, that was Chris Corciani, an ACC legend, talking about his high school playing days. He was also a state championship point guard in high school, and we will hear from him on that love of the high school game later in the podcast. Speaking about Andy Jones, he might not have been a Division I recruit, but clearly there was college interest 
in Jones at the lower levels. Uh, you know, he really was a good defensive player. That's kind of lost in the shuffle of, of this. Uh, one of the most famous plays in East Chapel Hill history, I'd say, uh, started with an Andy Jones steal, and that was Brad Woolley's dunk in the state championship game with under six minutes to play. Fakes, gets it stripped away, gets it back, gets it stripped away, loses it again. Down court, quick pass. It's the Woolley. He stuffs it. He stuffs it. The crowd comes alive. It's um, I do I do remember dunking that basketball, and I remember coming down. It's just kind of like the place is erupting. It's probably as loud of a you know an atmosphere I've ever been in. And and there's Andy, you know, doing his thing where he always, whenever I had a big dunk, he was always in the other team's face about it. And uh, Andy Jones picked the pocket of one of the Hickory players, and that's what led to the dunk. Now the opponent that East Chapel Hill faced in the state basketball championship. Their point guard was also the football team's quarterback. In fact, a state championship quarterback. He led the Hickory Red Tornadoes to a 16-0 football season, capped by a December 1996 championship win in Chapel Hill as well. So three months later, it is quarterback and point guard facing off against quarterback and point guard. Now, Daniel Willis, the Hickory quarterback and point guard, was a little bit different type of player, uh, definitely a better shooter uh, than than Andy was, and he showed it in that state championship game. He did what his team absolutely needed from him. He hit five of nine three-pointers, finished with 24 points and 10 rebounds. He played an outstanding game for Hickory that night, March 22, 1997. Andy Jones had the opportunity to meet Daniel Willis long after they had last faced off on a basketball court. I actually ran into him just a few years ago. I don't know if he's still there or not. He was an assistant coach at VMI. And so I was working at game doing stats there and came over and shook his hand and and said, hello. He had no clue who I was. I do remember that. I actually do remember him talking. I was like, yeah. And of course, what did we do? We sat there and chopped it up and recalled the, the last, you know, minute of the game. You know, I just told him how much, uh, you know, I knew he had a great college career and I was I was excited to see that it was still coaching and um, doing his thing at the college level. But I said, hey, I'm Andy Jones. I played at East Chapel High against you in high school. And he just, you know, shook my hand. And he's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> One, two, three. Hey, listeners, we are loving the interaction with 123 Wildcats. Thank you so much for your texts, tweets, emails, and more. Today, we're giving you another way to engage and possibly be part of the story. We've set up a phone number where you can call in and leave an old school 90s voicemail. So if you have a story or memory of East Chapel Hill basketball from the late 1990s, We'd love to hear it and potentially include it in a future podcast. The number to dial is 919-867-1319. Yes, it sounds like the Tommy Two-Tone hit Jenny with similar digits. That song was, of course, 867-5309. Our number, 867-1319. Except, of course, with the 919 area code to start. 
If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, share the podcast with friends who might like the show, and rate and review 123 Wildcats on Apple Podcasts. On to trivia, last week's question. How many regular season conference games did East Chapel Hill lose in its first two seasons? The answer to that question is zero. They went undefeated in regular season conference play the first two seasons. We did have one correct answer, but that person's... uh, uh, was a little too close to the program to be eligible for a, for a prize. So we'll leave it at that. This week's question. What was East Chapel Hill's lowest point total in a playoff game in 1997? Was it 41, 45, 51, or 55 points? We're getting soft here, giving you a little multiple choice. So again, East Chapel Hill's lowest point total in a playoff game in 1997, 41, 45, 51, or 55. You can use, I guess, our new uh, Wildcats hotline to answer or maybe suggest your own question. Again, the number to call is 919-867-1319. Talk to you next week on 123 Wildcats. (laughs) 